could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. To deny people of their human rights is to challenge their very humanity, as said by Nelson Mandela. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself, we're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Asia Gonzalez and the theme for our show today is The Gift of Equality. And I'm Brigitte Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you can be part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. It's always the season for giving, so give big. And today, for our first segment on the gift of equality, we have Asia giving her thoughts. Take it away, Asia. All right, so gender equality, which is a pretty big topic of discussion lately, uh, especially women's equality, you know, women's equality in the workplace, at home, in society. And, you know, really I've noticed that lately, no matter what class I'm in, no matter what course I'm in, we usually land on the topic of equality, especially feminism. And, you know, I'm going to be honest right off the bat. I'm, I don't call myself a feminist. I, I am not um, a part of the feminist movement, mostly because there are some things that I do not agree with, and that is okay. Uh, but I found some movements that I thought were pretty important to this uh, gender inequality and equality issue, and here are some pretty big things. So we've got the He for She movement, uh, which is a hashtag and, and the uh, organization and it's a uh, solidarity campaign for gender equality initiated by UN Women. And its goal is to engage men and boys as agents for a change for the achievement of gender equality and women's rights by encouraging them to take action against inequalities faced by women and girls. And what I thought was pretty interesting is that Emma Watson is actually a part of this, and she is the ambassador. She is the um, ambassador of this organization. And she gave a speech at the UN talking about what the true definition of feminism is and what everyone can do to participate. And she invited men to take part of this campaign and see what they can really do to help the movement for that. And recently, there was a women's march in Washington that everybody participated in uh, throughout the nation. And uh, initially, there were some kind of goals that they were marching against President Trump. And then there were allegations that uh, there were people who were against Trump, and that's why they were marching. And then the majority of it was to empower women and to promote equality. And then I found some more interesting movements. There was, in 2015, the full integration of women in the armed forces. Uh, That was a bit late, but it's still a step forward. And the U.S. Army in 2016 approves uh, women officers for ground combat. And uh, earlier in Obama's presidency, he signed the Lilly Ledbetter Fair Pay Restoration Act, which allows victim of pay discrimination to file a complaint within the go- with the government against their employer within 180 days of their last paycheck. And previously, victims of this, most often uh, they were women, were only allowed to uh, report this 180 days from the date of their first unfair paycheck. And uh, let's not forget the big one. A woman ran for president, Hillary Clinton, and uh, we all know the outcome of that. But that was a pretty uh, interesting movement that they had there. Lots of empowerment that were uh, empowerment groups that were formed. Lots of events that took place during Hillary Clinton's campaign, and that's some pretty exciting stuff. Uh, and it's all to be proud of uh, for the women's movement. 
Um, but you know, there 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 are problems with this movement. Uh, with equality, there comes inequality, and there are a lot of people that be, can become offended. There can there can be a lot of people that don't necessarily agree with what's going on, and that can create some problems. I yeah, definitely. I think I think I like your thoughts on you know the inclusivity of like the women's march. I think um, I think the women's march, especially this movement was definitely a very empowering thing that happened, you know, like, you're on Marching for Equality, and then yeah. there, there was a lot of good stuff that happened where the Women's March incorporated, like, trans people as well, which I felt was really, really kind of, like, a unifying thing, which was really great. Yeah. I, I do think, I, I really like your thoughts on, like, gender equality and the, you know, the he for she movement is great. Yeah. I, I do think, um, talking about the definition of feminism, I know feminism is supposed to be a, a synonym for, like, gender equality, but I also, um, we had a lecture on this in our debate club, and mm-hmm. what my debate coach said was that feminism sometimes, like, you don't want to use the term just because it's actually associated with like second it's called second wave feminism where it's a lot of or it's like first and second wave feminism where you have less of an inclusivity of like people of color women of color and like the lgbtqia community and so sometimes the feminist term is like you know you kind of shy away from it um, yeah. And yeah, a lot of people like to say gender equality nowadays, and it is definitely more inclusive with gender equality because then you have the LGBTQIA community. I do think that the fe- the term feminism is still definitely usable, but I do definitely agree with you that there are some problems within the women's movement just because there's you know there's some risks. It's kind of like it's kind of like in the late 1800s and early yeah. 1900s where you have the labor movement. And the labor movement was very empowering for workers, but it was also, yeah, it was a problem of, like, people of color or, like, different ideologies, different ideas for where the movement would go. And there's definitely, like, a bit of tension within the ranks uh, with that. Yeah, Yeah, we've got a lot of tension surrounding that right now, even still, especially with how much we've moved forward as as a society, but we've still got some problems with that. But, you know, although we do need to create equality among humanity, which is easier said than done, but possible indeed, there are problems with this gender equality movement. And not many people would agree with what I'm saying, but that's the beauty of free speech and the ability to think for yourself, isn't it? And there are, there is gender inequality among men as well. And a lot of people would think this is shocking, but it's really not. And the only reason why it would shock anyone is because everyone is so focused on the inequality of women but we're all humans, and in my opinion, this is actually an issue of humanity equality, not just gender equality for men or women. It's actually equality for all of humanity. And there are many aspects of feminism that contradict the movement, and which is one of the reasons why I don't call myself a feminist. And I'm not anti-feminism, but, I, but I'm not for the uh, aspect of feminism that kind of promotes uh, hatred against men. And that's the majority of the feminism movement that I've seen. And that could be mm-hmm. my perspective, my perception of it. Everybody has a different perception of what they see. However, that's what I've seen so far. And one of the things, there are actually a couple that I have. You know, we want to have freedom as women to make the choice of our own bodies. So the idea of the government having any say on our reproduction or reproductive rights is absolutely hated. You know, how dare they say anything, you know, what we can and cannot do with our bodies, but then this movement demands that the government pay for our abortions and birth control. And <laughs> that is not something that I, I won't get into abortion and everything like that, but I, that's just something that I want to let simmer in your mind. You know, there are movements saying that, you know, we don't want the government saying whether or not we can have an abortion or can have uh, birth control included in our health care, but we do want you guys to pay for all of that. And that's just not something that I really... Uh, advocate for. I mean, it is a little bit sketchy, to be honest. It is, it is. You know, if you really think of it that way, and you you see it that way, and what's been said, and the the opinions that have been brought forth. I definitely, I think, though, I think, though, the issue with that, I think what... I think the basic line is, like, pro-choice is, like, whether or not you want to have an abortion, right? That's your own thing. I do think it's a little bit, you know, but, like, then again, when we, um, when we have health care, 
like we do have free healthcare in the status quo. So I, I don't, so I'm not an expert on that. I don't know if, if it would fall under like free healthcare just like for a woman or if it would just fall under like a totally different other thing. So I, I don't know actually. I don't know how to approach There is an issue with that, with healthcare. Yeah, yeah. There is an issue with that aspect of healthcare with birth control and um, abortion and all of that. There are people, you know, especially with, with men having to pay for their own insurance, there are parts of the insurance where you have to pay for birth control. And, you know, guys, and especially women who can't have children, are like, well, why do I have to pay for this? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just that aspect of people, especially the federal government, saying, you know, this is how it has to be without any choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, it's kind of contradicting uh, with how many women in the feminist movement view abortion, birth control, and the government uh, all in that same aspect, and how they view it as that. It's just, there's there's something wrong with that. You know, if you want mm-hmm. your right to be able to choose, that's awesome. Like, I, I totally agree with what you want to do to empower yourself as a woman or any of the other women who are on your side with that kind of thing. But... I do not agree with the uh, aspect of that opinion. And also the fact that most companies provide paid maternity leave when companies rarely provide paid paternity leave for men. Uh, I feel like that is something that's pretty important too. You know, they are fathers. They are a part of that child, that newborn Mm. child's life just as much as the woman is. We debated on that. We we did a debate round in one of my (laughs) tournaments. Uh, where we debated, yeah, I think one of the teams was saying, hey, you want like six weeks for both parents. And apparently there's like more benefits for the child as well if you have like both. Yeah. And it like factors less into companies not wanting to it hire a woman. Yeah, yeah, because like because women, women they it's up to 12 yeah. It's up to and 12 so, weeks for women, but only one to two weeks for men. Yeah, and if the government or like not, like if the company like provides paid like, uh, maternity leave and paternity leave for both genders as well it'll like even out companies not wanting to hire women because it's like hey if you hire either woman or men you're still paying for this paternity maternity leave mm-hmm. so like it actually provides more equality within like the the business world as well like hiring people and so i think yes. that's like come on just give them paternity leave it's like important for the kid it's important for the it's parent it's important for everybody <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And there's also this sense of hate for men that comes from feminism that all yeah, men are horrible feel- pigs and the, and the reason they're the reason for abuse, assault and domestic violence. And there's also the protest of discrimination in the movement of, uh, you know, this movement has created acts of discrimination itself. You know, during the Women's March in January, groups of pro-life women were being kept from marching. And I thought this march, you know, was about equality. And I did not agree with the fact that only one party with a specific opinion was welcome to a march for empowerment and equality. And if, honestly, there was something that somebody mentioned, which I thought was pretty interesting and kind of thought-provoking, that if you need a movement called feminism, you've basically already admitted to the fact that women are not equal to men, and therefore you need, you have the need to prove yourself. And with the definition of feminist, the feminist theory is the extension of feminism into theoretical, fictional, or philosophical discourse it aims to understand the nature of gender inequality, and the feminist theory focuses on analyzing gender inequality. And I think that you know it doesn't just include women with the fact that they are unequal. It's the yeah. fact that we need to allow men to feel equal to women. That it's okay to be sensitive. It's okay to have you know yeah uh, the masculinity thing, feelings, like the masculinity, masculinity effect. Yeah, <laughs> you know the fact that they have to be this certain way to be a man. Exactly. You know that's that's gender inequality right there too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, there are so many things that I don't agree with the, with the feminist movement. If things were done a little bit differently, if, you know, all parties were included, you know, especially during the Women's March, who, where groups of pro-life women were being discriminated against. They weren't allowed to speak their thoughts, and only women who were part of uh, minor, um, minor groups and uh, women with the same view of pro-choice were only allowed to have a voice. And I just think that's completely wrong. You know, I, you know, the feminist movement is great. The fact that we want to empower genders to feel equal and have equality among that is absolutely wonderful and I totally support that. But I do not, I don't support those aspects of feminism. Um, And, you know, I, I like the fact that I can be able to say that on this show because we do have free speech. And you yeah. guys can agree with me or disagree with me, and that's totally okay. But uh, that's just kind of how I take it. And yeah. um, but I do think we're we're getting pretty pretty far with our with our movement, and we're doing pretty good so far. 
And there's always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, neo-feminism and that kind of, like, pushing against men is, you know, at the end of the day, you just want equality for everybody. Like, everybody is the same on a basic level. We're all human. That's what makes us, you know, a unique species that gets along. Well, thank you so much, Asia, for your insight and all of this. Yeah, thank you so much, Asia, for, you know, having this insight and sharing it with us. And that was, it's great to hear your voice and your opinions on these matters. And, yeah, that was a great segment. Thank you very much. <laughs> of course. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Support our show in these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. And for more information on how to do this, you can go to www.bethestarur.org and follow our blog. Again, that website is bethestarur.org. And don't go anywhere as we continue our talk. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice of America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. And I'm Brigitte Gia. Today we are discussing the gift of equality, and we have Zara on today in this segment to discuss her view of equality and her opinions. Hi, Zara. Hi. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show, and let's just get started with some questions. So, Zara, what does equality mean to you? Um, well, you know, just in general, I think it means just being treated the same as, not being treated the same, but just with the same respect as everyone else, just treating others the way that you would expect yourself to be treated. Um, and I also think that with that comes, you know, acknowledging that some people are, you know, historically and usually treated differently than others. And because of that, you know, people with the privileges of not being like, you know, constantly and historically oppressed really need to like realize their privilege and like help use their privilege to lift others up and I think you know it's not really like a a lot of times when you say that people are like oh you know like I'm privileged in some ways but in other ways I'm not so you know you can't just villainize me you can't just expect me to do all the stuff you can't like mm-hmm. um kind of write off my struggles as like invalid and I don't think it's doing that I just think it's you know um kind of highlighting the fact that we all have our different struggles and in whichever ways we are privileged enough to not have struggles, we need to help people that do have um, problems and struggles in those ways. Um, We need to like help lift them up. We just need to support each other as humans really um, Mm -hmm. is all, you know, equality means. Um, And, you know, but then again, I do think equality also means more than just being considered human um, because, you know, that is such a struggle these days too. You know, you see, people getting shot down the street because, you know, they look like quote-unquote thugs because, you know, they're black or whatever. Um, And, Mm. you know, that really does make people feel like it makes me feel like it makes, um, you know, I feel like it just makes everyone in this country and in the world feel like there are some people that aren't really considered human in a lot of people's minds. And Mm. having, you know, those people can just being like, having people trying to convince people that those people are just humans, just like them is the first step. And that's the most important step. But even after that, I think, you know, as I was saying, it's about treating them the same. It's about, Mm -hmm. you know, really making sure that people have the same opportunities that, you know, not everyone's life is just, 
a constant struggle against prejudice, I think that is, you know, even more. And, you know, celebrating, um, you know, I often hear this word tolerance, and I don't really think that tolerance is quite the same thing as equality. I really think that celebration is really what we should be aiming Mm -hmm. aiming for. We should be celebrating our differences, and that will help us create a more equal society, not just tolerating each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely definitely agree with that. And uh, you mentioned something about having the opportunity, at, you know, the freedom and equality of opportunity to, uh, I, I think that could pertain to, you know, the, the, equal, the equal opportunity for success, the equal opportunity for uh, a good life. And I think that could get confused kind of with entitlement. Uh, right. You know, you have the equal opportunity to be successful, but, you know, that doesn't mean you have the... Uh, the right, or somebody's going to give that to you. You you have the opportunity to take that to be successful, or to get that job, or to to do something that you want. But I think that can get pretty confused with entitlement at times. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I don't think you know. Of course, we don't live in a country, we don't live in a world where everything is just handed to you. And I do feel that, you know, sometimes people do think um, things, life is really like that. You know, they kind of live in their own bubble. Um, Mm -hmm. They think that, you know, like, but then at the same time, I also think that it's very easy to like, um, for people that kind of have had a life where, you know, they have had a certain sense of entitlement throughout their lives. And they have kind of had like the like privileges of like growing up, you know in a very, like, just a very privileged life, I think it's kind of easy for them also to, um, you know, when people demand equality or when they, like, even ask for equality, I think it's also easy to kind of say, like, oh, you know, you think you're entitled to, like, having everything because from that position it seems like, um, you know, since you are in such a privileged position, it's really hard to recognize what oppression is when you see it. Um, But at the same time, yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, I do think, you know, of course, you know, one of our core values as Americans and as just members of the, you know, global, just members of the world is that, you know, we should work hard, that the fruits of our labor is really um, show up when we work hard and not just when we're handed everything. So I think that's a really yeah. important aspect, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, that, yeah. that comes with the question, you know, is equality not enough? Yeah, I think, um, you know, of course, equality is a really great goal and stuff. But um, as I was kind of touching on before, I think there's definitely um, a really, like, huge, well, not a huge difference, but there is a subtle difference between, like, equity and equality. um, And you kind of have to acknowledge, you know, so equality is just saying, oh, you know, we're going to give everyone the same exact um, tools. We're going to give them the same exact resources. And um, because of that, that's how we're going to create an equal society. But equity is more realizing that, you know, some people already have, like, tools that they've had since birth, tools that they've had since, you know, just, like, growing up um, and just be kind of, like, being born into a position of um, sort of power in society. They already have a lot of tools. So if we give them the same amount of tools as, say, the, you know, person who hasn't grown up with that kind of privilege – um, then that doesn't necessarily create an equal society. Um, in fact, so I think equity is more about, you know, realizing that some people do need more support and uh, some people do need more tools um, to be given to really um, have the same opportunity to achieve as um, like people that have already been given a lot of tools. And, um, you know, I don't think that's, um, you know, some people might say, oh, you know, that's kind of just sounds like, you know, handing everyone success wherever they want it. Um, but I think it actually is a common misconception that, you know, those people that aren't necessarily born into, like, positions of power in whatever field it may be or in whatever category we're talking about, um, it's not that they're just lazy or that they're not deserving um, or that they're not working hard. It's just that, you know, they really are trapped in a system that is kind of, that always has, never has worked in their favor. So we need to kind of try to yeah. change that. And there's yeah, opportunity yeah. For, for success. It just depends on if you take it or not. Right. Yeah, and and you know, there's always like what you've said about the system that's always going against certain people. I do feel like there is towards like African Americans, especially the way the justice system was set up. Um, right. I there was there is some like systematic repression, and then you have like cyclical poverty where you've got 
people, you know, staying in, like, okay, okay, so they start in this poor area, and then the education system isn't good because the area has no money, and so their kids will always stay in this cycle of poverty. You're always like, you don't have enough education, then you stay in this area, your kids don't have any education, you can't accumulate wealth. But um, with all that said, how do you think we should go about achieving equality, especially like how should we really push equality so that we can see all people stand on the same level? Um, you know, I think a really important component in this, uh, important component in achieving equality is actually, you know, demanding it, not just asking for it. Because oftentimes when you just ask for something, when you just kind of lightly push for something, it can really easily be just swept under the rug as something that's really not important. It's also really, um, you know, if you don't voice your concerns loud enough, nobody hears them and nobody um, and everyone can very easily just um, kind of dismiss your concerns and um Kind of, and, and you know, in that process of like dismissing people's concerns, dismissing their, um, you know, their problems and all of that, that kind of becomes a cycle in itself because you know you dismiss at first and then you dismiss even more after years and years and years of dismissing. There really isn't um, much you can do, and that actually reminds me. Um, I was just reminded of one of my favorite poems by Langston Hughes. Um, it's a really famous poem too. It's called. Harlem. It's also known as what happens to a dream deferred. Um, and you know, the, in fact, I'll just recite it cause it's very short and it's very <laughs> powerful, <laughs> but it so it just goes, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? So, I think in that poem, you know, there's this sense that, yes, taking action is very important and it's how you achieve your dreams, how it's, you achieve equality. Um, but at the same time, nobody ever stops to consider what happens if you don't take action. Because, you know, it's like you don't take action for one day, one year, one month or whatever. And then after that, it really becomes a habit of just kind of being static and not acknowledging that there is a problem. And um, I think the last line, does it explode, is also just really powerful because, you know, now we're seeing, we've seen in history, we've seen nowadays too, if you keep Mm -hmm. deferring this dream of equality, it is really going to explode in your face. And it has continued to explode in your face. So I think it's really important to, you know, uh, discuss these, it's really urgent to just discuss these issues as they come up instead of just deferring them um, as Langston Hughes kind of warned against in his mm-hmm. poem. Um, and I think, you know, uh, people kind of think of acti- activism and achieving qualities in their own different ways. Like I know some people would rather go about it um, by, you know, with their art or something, like writing mm-hmm. a song or making a piece of artwork that's really powerful. Like I think of Shepard Fairey um, and how he, you know, he made those Obama Hope posters and now he made the other posters. Um, and I think of, but then, you know, other people, they'll write books and they'll, that'll, you know, that gives them more freedom or that's what they're better at. So I think once people realize their own strengths, um, it's, and they like kind of, um, they like use their strengths towards like a common goal of equality that is when the movement can be the most powerful and that's when achieving equality is easiest and most effective um because it really is about creating a united front of people who realize that there is strength and you know their uniqueness and their strength and um their different passions and when those passions come together it really is kind of an unstoppable force Mm -hmm. yeah that's perfect i mean that's awesome and with that what what kind of movements have you seen? You know, I know you have this group in your school. Uh, I'm I can't remember what the word what the name uh, of it. equity equity team. Yeah, yeah, equity. How have you guys uh, created a, the movement or done anything like that with with your group in the school? Yeah, so um, we've actually done um, quite a bit just like recently. We actually just got it going this year, but you know we've been hanging up totally just. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, and yeah, so we've been hanging up a lot of like encouraging posters, kind of addressing um, the issues of inequality in our society. And people oftentimes will come up and be like, oh man, like I saw that poster and it really just gave me a little bit of hope or just made me think. And that honestly is just the goal. Um, and we also, um, you know, our 
meetings are open to everyone and now people are starting to hear about them more. So um, people of all different, you know, creeds, religions, um, you know, viewpoints, political standpoints, they all come together and we just have discussion. And, you know, at times it is uncomfortable, but we're getting over the uncomfortableness of it all and we're really yeah. starting to have productive discussion, which I think is really the goal. So, yeah. That, that's perfect. I hope you guys have lots of success with this group in your school and you guys can continue to move forward with, you know, with this movement. So thank you very much, Sarah. And I love this discussion. I think it's awesome with the insight that you've provided with us. So during the break, please visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Bajujia. Also, please visit our charity site at bethestarur.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash bethestarur. Stay right here as we continue our amazing discussion on the gift of equality. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today on Express Yourself, we are discussing the gift of equality. And I'm Buzijia. Today we have been really diving in on equality and what it means to all of us. And I just have a little bit more to say about that in this segment, so I'm just going to go ahead. Um, I'd like to first just go on the topic of race equality, right? Uh, we've done some talking about this already in some of the previous segments, and we've kind of listed what's going on right now today in the world of, like, race politics and race equality. And I feel like um, race inequality specifically is based on us being scared of what's different from us, right? Like, every single culture has this kind of shying away from other cultures. And um, the idea that America is a melting pot it has been instilled in us for a long, long time. But in reality, America uh, and the cultures in America have stayed kind of divided, like throughout history. They have. Yeah, they're all they're all in there, but there are some tensions between you know the different the different races and the different you know peoples that all come to America, and we still have a little bit of like a product of that today. Albeit, like it's been it's been really good, and we've had a lot more equality um, between different races and between different ethnicities, and that's really nice. But I feel like um, a lot of the times, Asian Americans specifically are kind of marginalized. Uh, I, I am Asian American. I come from two, two Chinese parents who immigrated to Canada, then to the United States. So I have a little bit of experience with, like, um, just just the sense of inequality and not being displayed in the media that we see Asian Americans experiencing. Although, again, it's it's not the worst thing ever. Um, we have we have grown a lot as an ethnicity, and we fit ourselves into America quite well. And I, I'd like to consider myself American as well because I love this country and it's great. Um, but historically, we've seen that a lot of Asian Americans were discriminated against. Um, it, it's kind of like a commonplace myth that like China is the greatest horrible you know 
enemy of the United States ever, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. And a lot of the times, Asian Americans specifically are not portrayed in media, are not shown in a lot of movies. There's this movie with Matt Damon that's coming out called The Great Wall, which is great. Like, I love Matt Damon, and he's, he's fine, and like the movie industry, although it's a little sketchy, it's fine. But um, <laughs> what, uh, what troubles me about this movie is that it's, it's literally titled The Great Wall, right? It's China's greatest monument, and like the monu- monument of the Chinese people, and it stars a white male actor, which is, I, I don't know. I just, I understand definitely that it's like, you've got to get a lot of people into the movie theater to be able to see this production, but it is a little bit, you know, sketchy that they couldn't have had, a, you know, an Asian American yeah. as maybe you know, the, the main actor. And then you've got maybe a supporting character who Matt Damon can play, who like stays yeah. within that role. Yeah, and who, you know, plays a constant presence in the movie, but I'll like, at the end of the day, the Asian American, <laughs> or like the Asian, is is the main you know role in a movie that's titled Based. The Great Wall, right? Based, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's that's, that's like what? Yeah, and you know it's it's a little bit awkward because um, I've I've grown up listening to my parents' stories about like what life is like in China, and it was really really harsh in like the 1960s, 1970s, and when China hadn't gone into like state capitalism and they hadn't brought in like elements of the free market, and it was really really strict. And in those days, it was really really strict and really really harsh, and there was a lot of like horrible cruelties going on. But nowadays, um, a lot of the American population has kind of an image of China as like the worst thing in the world where it's literally North Korea up in there. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's 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 not, right? Like we've got, okay, there are some like sketchy bits where it's like you've got a lot of Tibetan monks who are protesting in Tiananmen Square and you can't do that because historically that's been a place of great riots and unrest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, China's cities are not, we're not all, it's not destitute, it's not you know, horrible, barren, like, Mad Max-looking things. It's not like yeah. that. And, yeah. you know, I, I go on this site called Cora, and I see a lot of, like, people like, why don't the Chinese, like, they must all be stupid. Why aren't they rising up against their horrible, like, evil government? And the thing is, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people, like, right now the Chinese government is cracking down on corruption, and it's cracking down on, like, a, a lot of u- drug usage, which is, I think, personally, is, is pretty good. Like, there are definitely ways, like, you could improve, like, the conditions in China, for sure. Like, there's there's a lot of freedom that isn't had, that should be had, but it's not, you know, we're, we're not in a giant prison cell, and it's, Chinese people aren't stupid, and they're not, they're not, like, little cows who are all just herded into this one bunch, you know? Mm-hmm. They have opinions, they're fighting for their equality, and, you know, they're doing it more passively, because nobody wants a huge outbreak of, you know, unrest, and things are going pretty well in China economically, so there aren't as many tensions, but definitely, like, there's more equality to be had there, but, you know, nobody in China is a stupid little sheep who's just following around yeah. everybody, you know, and I forget it. I, I think that can kind of pertain to every, you know, culture. They have that, yeah. they each have a little stigma, and, it, mm. and it's very negative. Every culture has something like that, and it, it, honestly, you know, a lot of people kind of undermine my opinion when it comes to that because I, I do have very light skin, uh, mm. I, I have blue eyes, I have sort of light hair, so I don't look Mexican and I don't look Spanish. You know, I don't look the way that my culture and my ancestry is. So they're kind of like, well, you're this little white girl. Like, why do you have an opinion on anything that has to do with racial inequality? And I think that's kind of ridiculous, you know. Yeah, I, that's so hard I've had, yeah, I've had my share of that, and and even then, that's pretty, you know, that's a stab in the in the equality of mm-hmm. uh, myself as a human being. You know, just because I look a certain way doesn't mean I am or am not from a certain mm-hmm. culture. Exactly. So I, and you know, we've got a lot of like, it's it's that like, especially uh, mixed race kids as well, like people are like, oh my gosh, like, you don't look like your parents at all, or like, you're not part of this culture, but like, at the end of the day, right, that's, it's how we're raised, it's not what we look like, it's who we are as people, it's not, you know, I'm from this, I look like that, so I must be from that culture, and it's just, Mm -hmm. we need to stop that, and like, 
We're moving on to some other like issues, especially that are either getting better inequality or kind of need some more <laughs> equality. Uh, the the principle of affirmative action. Uh, I have to talk a bit about because I like the idea, right? I like the idea of like having people go on towards like more success. But I also think that I, I feel like it should be done by area, maybe because it you've got you know like. If you've got a poor, um, you know, race of, sorry, a poor person of an ethnicity that's, like, considered not part of the, you know, minorities, but they live in, like, the worst place in the world. They don't have access to tutors. They don't have access to a lot of textbooks or, like, education. But then they're white, for example, and, like the colleges then will not accept them. So I think I think maybe in America, affirmative action should be done by area, just because, like, America specifically, there are certain areas that are, you know, wealthier, have more in terms of education, more in terms of business, and then there are certain areas that are lacking in those, you know, characteristics. So I think it might be better to just go by area, although, again, that would probably raise its own complications, and, you know, you... <laughs> Some people would have access yeah. to this, and some people... It's just so rough, especially in education, to talk equality, because how do you ensure that there's equality, you know, in terms of education, right? You've got, yeah. like, you know, different levels of teaching, even. Like, on the individual level, you've got teachers who are better or worse, and, you know, even at my own high school, like, one English class could be much different from another, and it's just... It's so difficult, but, like... All I want is for people to have, like, an equal education, an equal chance of succeeding, an equal chance of, like, getting up up and about in this capitalistic society. But it's so hard. And, you know, I think, I think the best way for us to promote equality is definitely just to share resources and not to be, not to be like, sketchily communistic about this, but, like, especially in, like, education, I feel like. Yeah. Um, you know, online websites are a really great resource, and I feel like more people should be posting, you know, maybe the solutions to a math problem online, or, like, their ideas online about education, or, you know, English help, math help, all of that kind of thing, mm. and I, I think that would really improve, like, the level of equality within the education spheres, and I think, I think in general, you know, it is difficult, or I don't know if it's possible to achieve, like, pure equality right because people it's are people we're human yeah we've we've got this like tendency within us to brush off what's different and like you know once we've been subjugated we decide to subjugate other people but i think we can definitely as like a whole as a as an entire human race work towards a certain level of equality where everybody can get gain like an equal footing in the world no matter who they are no matter where they come from no matter like what their level is I think at the end of the day, we just really need to push certain aspects and then keep certain other aspects. And especially, I feel like um, this presidency or like this election has been divided, um, you know, and yeah. like it's it's rough. My, my dad is a is a conservative. And so he's he's a Republican. He supports Trump. And I'm a little even frowned upon lately. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's harsh, you know. It's almost, you know, mm -hmm. taboo, like, how dare you have that kind of view. Yeah, I just, I personally, you know, like, I'm not going to get into it, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, like, a liberal, so I'm like, meh. Mm -hmm. but, like, I mean, do I, I have your own views instead of their Yeah, views? exactly. And I, I do think that the travel ban, though, is a little, I, I understand definitely where it's coming from, right? Like, you want your citizens to be safe, and you want to not have terrorists come into the country, but I also, like... There are a lot of, like, innocent people who have been harmed by it, and I don't know how to solve the issue behind it, which is what makes me so upset, right? Like, because I want to protect American citizens. Everybody does, and we don't want, you know, terrorists coming in, but then we also don't want the innocent people to be excluded, and, like, we don't want to be a country founded on equal inequality. And so it's so difficult, but at the end of the day, I just want everybody to be equal. Please yeah. and thank you, you know? like Yeah, and, you know... That kind of thing is a little hard because there is going to feel yeah. there's no matter what you try and do with equality, even if you have succeeded with everybody feeling equal, there will be that one person who says, I feel excluded because of this. Mm, exactly. And it's it's pretty impossible to get to that kind of point. But it is it's A for effort for always trying mm. to 
get everybody we're getting, better. We're getting better. <laughs> we are getting better. We're getting better at that. You know, we still have a long way to go. And especially with your uh, thoughts on the travel ban, you know, there are some policies that we as citizens may not know everything about. So it is pretty hard to, to be accepting of new policies that politicians bring out because then our immediate thought is to have an opinion on what is put in front of our faces on the media. You know, we get our source of information about this policy from the media. But if you think about it, where are you getting your information from? Is that information true? Have you read all the information and do you know if there's more? It's better to get a full view of what's going on and kind of get both sides of the story and see what you can do to kind of better understand it. Because I think instead of, you know, trying to really understand what's going on with the travel ban, you know, what the purpose and the uh, drive behind it was, we're getting angry with it instead because it's not something that we want. Mm -hmm. And I think that we could do a better um, job Mm -hmm. at trying to figure out, you know, what's being done with this country, how can we better uh, Uh our country, and, you know, we as a people need to make sure that things are being done correctly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, if we look back at history, people are always going to be fighting against inequality. And no matter, like, how much we get set back or, like, come to a halt, we're always going to push forward um, eventually and we'll be able to push back against inequality. Well, uh, uh, that's about all the time we have, though. Thanks, everyone, for listening to me blather on about my viewpoints and my opinions. And thank you, Asia, for also chiming in with your opinions as well. Uh, be sure to stay tuned for our next segment. And during the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for Be The Star You Are 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. There's more information under events at our website at btsya.org. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Please visit Express Yourself Teen Radio for more information about our show. And when we come back, we will continue our inspiring conversation on equality. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, and today's hour is all about equality. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Bajitia. In this segment, we've got Maria Wong with us with her segment, Booksmart. Hey, Maria. Hi, Asia and Brigitte. Dictionary reference defines equality as, quote, the state or quality of being equal, correspondence in quantity, degree, value, rank, or ability. And for Booksmart today, I thought I would focus on the book Just Mercy, A Story of Justice and Redemption by Brian Stevenson. As a number one New York Times bestseller, this book has had such a profound effect on the world, specifically highlighting the inequality in the Alabama justice system and the need for equality, which he states can be achieved through justice and mercy. Now, I read this book for extra credit for my U.S. history class last year. And I wasn't really expecting much of this book. I just thought it's extra credit. I need it. Um, But it turned out to be such a moving novel for both me and all of the 100 other people in my grade who read it. And we had such a great group discussion about it and just talked about equality in general. So this book is told from the first person perspective of Brian Stevenson, the author himself who recounts his journey from Harvard Law to creating his own clinic called the Equal Justice Initiative. 
Now, Brian has always had a passion to help people. He was raised in a racially charged community of Pennsylvania. And when he attends Harvard Law, Law, he really hopes it'll help him gain real life experience with helping people, meeting people. But in reality, he realizes it's more just learning inside the classroom rather than outside. But he soon gains this hand-on experience when he works in Alabama on Walter McMillan's case. Now, Walter is a black man who had a white girlfriend in Monroe County, Alabama, which was very controversial in his town and, in fact, isolated him from both the white and black community. And at this time also, there's a complete town frenzy over the murder of Rhonda Morrison, who is a beloved white rich woman in their town. Now, at the same time, coincidentally, Walter's girlfriend, Karen Kelly, who is a white woman with many drug problems in a criminal record, along with her accomplice, Ralph Myers, are accused of murdering another white woman named Vicki Lynn Pittman. The only difference is that she's poor and not as well known. And when they're getting investigated, Ralph Myers claims to have witnessed Walter McMillan at the scene of the Morrison the Rhonda Morrison crime, in order to lessen his sentence, even though this is completely false. And because the town is going crazy over the murder of Rhonda, they want to find someone who murdered her and put the blame. Um, the sheriff, the district attorney, immediately frame Walter, and he is later convicted by a jury for the murder of Rhonda Morrison and is condemned to die. What is so terrible about this is that Walter is innocent. He was never there. There's so much evidence and so many townspeople who state how they saw him and talked to him during the time of the murder at his local shop that he ran and owned. However, the sheriff and district attorney ignore this evidence that would have saved him and instead decide to create evidence that convicts him and places him on death row. What's also super shocking about this is that there was, though there was no law provided for it, the sheriff succeeded in having Walter being held on death row prior to his trial within the Alabama penitentiary system. And he's held on death row for a total of six years without any lawyers who are willing to help him, anything like that. And this is where Brian steps in to help piece together the evidence to create a solid case and help fight for and win, win Walter's innocence. And throughout, throughout the novel, Walter's story is the most prevalent. It goes throughout many chapters. Stevenson makes it clear that Walter is solely con- convicted because A, they needed someone at the time to blame, and because he was a black man who was having an interracial relationship. And this is just such an inspiring and heartbreaking story that just runs throughout. But there are also so many other poignant and moving stories that focus on a variety of topics, such as the astounding amount of children in prison. Stevenson gives the statistic that it's a quarter of a million children, some under the age of 12, that are placed in prisons. He also talks about the inefficiency of death row cases, the exorbitant amount of women in prison long term for petty theft or crimes, and the issue of mental illness and capital punishment within the prison system. And you learn so much about every prisoner's stories, whether it's a child prisoner or Walter's stories. You really leave the book feeling both really frustrated with what's happening But at the same time, you just feel like you learn more about the justice system and its faults and how it can be fixed. What I really love about this is that not only does Brian state the problems that are within the justice system, specifically Alabama, but he also creates a solution to that by creating the Equal Justice Initiative, which I think they describe it um, the best in their own words, which is, quote, an organization that is committed to ending mass incarceration and excessive punishment in the United States, to challenging racial and economic injustice, and to protecting basic human rights for the most vulnerable people in American society. So overall, this book really provides such a great insider perspective on the justice system, racism, mercy, and most importantly, equality. I'd really recommend this book to any high school student, young adult, or adult. It's a book that will inspire you to fight against inequality and help the disadvantaged through justice and mercy. Wow, that's incredible. Like this whole entire like plot that you've just summarized, that sounds intense and oh man. And so Maria, after having read this book and based on your own opinions and like you know, what happened to Walter and how Brian fought for Walter. What does equality mean to you? Equality means to me, I think, 
that everybody, there's no superiors. Everybody should have the same rights and there should be no prejudices against other people solely based on surface level things, whether it's their ethnicity, race, occupation, or their Mm -hmm. opinion on something. Everybody's equal to some standard. I feel like just hearing Walter's story throughout this and seeing how there was so much disparity throughout the novel and how he was treated and how he was viewed really highlights the need for equality in modern day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's just, I feel like when, do you know when this, um, this book was like, like when, in what era was it written? Was this Um, like, okay. So it was published a few years ago, but I'm pretty sure this case occurred like when he was right after Harvard Law, so in like the mid ninety mid 90s to th- 2000s. But he's lived in Alabama for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Ooh. So that's like, <laughs> wow, that's that's kind of recent. I was, I was like, I'm yeah. thinking, you know, maybe like 1950s, 1950s. But wow, that's pretty <laughs> recent. And, you know, it, you know, with stuff like that, it must be, you know, it, it, is, it is a little rough. Uh, even in today's society, when we've made a lot of progress, we still have stuff like this going on as well and like the justice system can be kind of like mishapen sometimes and like sketchy (laughs) no exactly yeah and so maria how has this book shaped you especially after reading it so my mom is actually a criminal defense attorney so i've heard a lot from her just about the justice system and her opinion and her cases However, I think it was so cool through this book, just learning more widespread, not just in California, but in Alabama. And I really felt connected to Walter's case, especially. And I just felt a lot more um, both angry and ready to promote change and do something to help with these type of issues. But I think it was also really cool from this book is because not a lot of other people at my school's parents are criminal defense attorneys. So being able to talk to them and see their opinions on it or their views on capital punishment or mental illness within the prison system. And though we all have very different opinions, I think what was important from these small group discussions I had with them at school was that we all realized the need for equality, whichever way we might think is different, we all realized the need for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So with your mom's job, has it? did you have a viewpoint of equality or inequality uh, before? Like, has it changed at all since you've kind of seen what your mom does as for a living? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, my mom usually works with a lot of people who aren't able necessarily to afford attorneys or weren't given the same opportunities. She's worked not only in um, the Bay Area, Northern California, but she was also a prosecutor for gang violence in Compton. So she just really has a wide variety of very intense cases. But I think going back to the concept, equality or inequality, I think it's something made me more cognizant that there is inequality in this world and that there are a lot of judgments placed on people based off of mere assumptions rather than truly trying to get to know the people. So I think I was aware of that before before this book, but just mercy really highlighted for that for me. Mm-hmm. Wow, definitely, and like that's incredible that your mom has been able to go through all these experiences and then like share them with you as well, yeah. so that you can kind of get that experience as well. And so, Maria, how do you think we can promote equality in our daily lives? Like, what do you think we can do to make sure stuff like this, where like a whole town seems to turn against? one person for having an interracial uh, relationship, how do we prevent that from happening? I think it really needs to start like on a small scale level, just beginning with yourself and not trying to make assumptions on other people or not seeing yourself as better as someone and passing that on to other people who might express that views and being able to slowly change that, I feel like um, just through your own community and just spreading outwards from that, I think would be best or attending small group discussions like I know at school we had like a political forum and being able to express our opinions there and learn about other people I think it's really through communication whether it's through social media or just talking to someone that we can begin to change this Mm -hmm. definitely and do you think as teens we can have an impact on the movement of equality for human rights even though we are young and uh, we may be having other things that we uh, we may have other things in our lives that kind of come 
you know, as, as responsibilities, but do you think that we as a young generation can do something about that? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I think we, just because people may diminish our roles, whether it's because we're millennials or just young, that shouldn't stop us. I think seeing um, just all of my friends and a lot of different people participating at the Women's March or just any of the recent protests that have happened and really making their voice be heard, I think we really do have an impact and we do play a significant role and we can really change it, not only influencing people who are younger than us, but I really do think the media listens to us as well. They cater to us. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But yeah, I think it's just, I really do think we have a moot. We really do have such a significant stance on it and whatever it may be, yeah. whether, yeah, whether it's just protesting or just speaking out our thoughts on social media. Yeah. I think what you said is definitely correct. I totally agree with that because we as a younger generation, you know, we're going to come into this society when we get older and what we do now and, and how we influence, you know, what society thinks or does or it has, uh, whatever impacts we make are, are going to affect us in the future. It's definitely something very, very important. And uh, I think what you said is great. And thank you so much for the input that you had, especially with the book. I think this is a perfect example and I really want to read it. <laughs> so thank you so much. Your segments are always awesome. We love hearing about the books that you can bring on to the segment that pertain to what we're talking about. But it's time to say goodbye. We offer our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Brown, Be the Star You Are, and a Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, Matt. And thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you, our listeners. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And you have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, go to btsya. Org and our main site at BeTheStarYouAre.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be about equality, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars could shine between the lines if you would let yourself.